2: Tossed
3: Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio.
4: Roar! (laughs) And welcome to Tossed Popcorn. I'm Liana Holston. (laughs) And I'm Sienna Jekyll. (laughs) And this is the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition
3: this podcast is a safe cage for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching Bringing Up Baby.
0: Now, is not that I don't like you, Susan, because after all, in moments of quiet, I'm strangely drawn toward you, but, well, there haven't been any quiet moments.
3: Number 88 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this feline old film. Meow. <laughs> Meow. Meow. Liana, uh, I would love hello. to just get straight into predictions because yeah. I want to know how you were coming into this movie.
4: Absolutely. And do I remember a thing that I said during this? Absolutely not. Hi, Sienna. It's Liana. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I'm Ooh. about to watch Bringing Up Baby. I could lie to you and pretend that when I googled bringing up baby where to watch I didn't see who the stars are to tell you that I really know nothing about this movie but I did see who they are and you what? I'm excited to watch this I'm Shut hoping up. my prediction is is that it'll be a comfort watch cuz I could kind of use that right
3: now Okay okay love you bye I'll be excited to see how it fared um... <laughs> Interesting. Do you normally look it up before doing the prediction?
4: No, I was looking up where to watch it. Yeah. But because no, there are it. very few streaming options where I now reside, yeah, I accidentally was presented with more information than expected. Right. Sienna? Yes? May I please hear your prediction? But of course.
3: Hi, Liana. It's Sienna. I'm about to watch Bringing Up Baby. Um... <laughs> If I had to guess what this movie was about. Where are you? I'm trying to be really quiet. I'm it guessing light. it's going to be. Oh, my God. Cary Grant. Um, oh, my God. And maybe Catherine Hepburn. Maybe. It's going to be a screwball comedy. Whoa. And I don't know. Rays of Baby Tiger oh, right. or some okay. wild cat of some sort. Okay. Just kidding. I've seen it before. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been a while. Uh, looking forward to it. Okay. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Hey. I'm actually surprised I remembered Catherine Hepburn because that one was a bit of, that was a guess. I, I saw it a long time ago. Oh, but how could you it. forget Catherine Hepburn? Catherine Hepburn. At the time, I did not recognize her as the icon she was.
4: Yes. The, time. the long, skinny legend,
3: <laughs> Catherine <laughs> skinny, Hepburn. She is a skinny legend. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. well. Yes. What more to do now but to give a synopsis of the film so that the listeners know what we're talking about as well. Please and thank you. Bringing Up Baby. (laughs) Cary Grant plays an absent-minded paleontologist. Catherine Hepburn plays, at times, a bit of a manic pixie nightmare woman. (laughs) Cary (laughs) is to be married... And to ensure that a wealthy widow named Mrs. Random... Okay, thank you. ...gives him a million (laughs) dollars for the museum. (laughs) Catherine decides she like-likes Carrie Mm -hmm. and proceeds to charmingly terrorize him. Mm -hmm. Especially once she receives a tame leopard named Baby in the mail and has to call on her zoologist friend, a.k.a. Carrie Grant, for help. Mm. Turns out, wealthy Mrs. Random is her aunt. Also, I'm not sure she's a widow. I think she's just a rich woman. But I assumed, which is so problematic. He misses his wedding. The leopard gets loose. Mayhem ensues. But they both have a whole lot of fun and fall in love. The end.
4: Yeah. That's what that was. Mm-hmm. Screwball is the perfect uh, term for yes. what we what we saw occur on our Absolutely.
3: Screens. And Liana, do you have anything mm. to tell us about the film? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 an assembled dino for all of us. And welcome to the historical <laughs> context for bringing up Baby, the 1938 Screwball film. This role of Susan was written specifically for Catherine Hepburn, which is weird to me because it was her first foray into comedy in her acting career.
3: Interesting.
4: Uh, yeah, but um, it was the second of four collaborations between Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, the fourth Aww. of which we've already seen and discussed the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia story. story.
3: Wait, OK, the others would be. Oh, there was one. Where they meet her wealthy family. That's kind
4: of all of them. <laughs> the movie Bringing Up Baby was a commercial flop upon release. And it's part of what led to Hepburn being labeled, quote, box office poison, which we talked wow. about in our Philadelphia Story episode. And her career wouldn't recover until the Philadelphia Story was released in 1940, two years later.
3: Dang.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Worth noting that the term box office poison was ascribed to a lot of women actors by a man <laughs> huh. in a piece of writing. So it's like, all right. Yeah. Let's. Right. huh hmm. Okay. All right. Here are a few excerpts from an article from the Criterion collection about bringing up baby to sort of explain a little bit of what was going on and also that this movie was insane. <laughs> Because in watching it, sometimes you're like, "Hang on, is this insane?" And the criteria yeah, collection is here. That to word crossed. The question. Yeah,
3: that word crossed my mind. A number of sure, times.
4: sure, absolutely. It's kind of. It was like the tector of this film. Is like, is this insane? <laughs> okay. The Criterion Collection writes, quote, bringing up baby is the silliest thing to happen to American comedy and has been a reminder for 83 years and counting of how necessary and sneakily profound silliness can be. Oh. They also go on to say, quote, with all those bones, balls and cats running around, it's obvious the censors were sleeping on the job. <laughs> because this was a borderline raunchy film particularly for the period but on in commenting on why it was perhaps a flop the Criterion Collection writes quote, in an interview with Peter Bogdanovich director Howard Hawks theorized about the film's great fault Hawks said there were no normal people in it <laughs>
3: No, that's true! Uh-huh. Everyone I was waiting you... for like a voice a, a of Reason, and they really were all just kooky. Everybody was cuckoo bananas. Hawks
4: went on to say, everyone you met was a screwball. I think it would have done better at the box office if there had been a few sane folks in it. <laughs> the Criterion writes, perhaps, but the issue could run deeper. Surrendering to chaos without the reassurance of a rebuilt world at the end may not have been what audiences wanted in 1938, exhausted by a decade of financial ruin and looking with anxiety at the clouds of war darkening over Europe yet again. Interesting. And I just gave myself goosebumps. (laughs) So spooky. And true, it just makes total sense for that time period, right? That that yeah. sort of energy in a film of like there is no yeah order to this world of chaos would not be a fun watch for audiences totally. The Criterion goes on to say, When compared with other screwballs of the era, even with the ones Hawks went on to direct, bringing up Baby seems almost like the genre's feral stepchild. The film doesn't just go off-leash. It questions the concept of leashes altogether. (laughs) What? So again, just, you know, the movie was insane. But the film ended up building an audience of people who loved it in the 50s, thanks to it being played on television. That's when it started to really become beloved.
3: Interesting when everything was so perfect. Yes, the suburbs so had nice. been
4: built for the white people. And they said, oh, my God, the white people were so comfortable. hilarious. <laughs> they said, show me a leopard. I would love to I see love a, leopard. To look at a leopard. Oh, my God. You know what? Show me two leopards. Stress out Cary Grant. <laughs> Speaking of Cary Grant, a few little facts about him. He was born Archibald Alexander Leach in Bristol in 1904 and ran away from home at the age of 13 to perform as a juggler with the Bob Pender troupe of comedians and acrobats. He literally ran off with the circus. Cary Grant moved to the U.S. after the troupe's 1920 tour in the States, and once there started performing in various venues, etc., and once he became an actor, Cary Grant, in trying to get rid of his Cockney accent that he had grown up with, Ended up creating what we all know today as his sort of iconic, I don't know, dialect?
2: Yeah. yeah. You know,
4: yeah, that Cary Grant cadence. Just because it's like him sort of masking that British accent. Um, an LOL from Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> Cary Grant was, quote, widely regarded as one of the handsomest men in film <sighs> history. Yeah. This man was handsome. And that's sort of what his early career was about. (laughs) He was in like eight films in one year in the 30s, and it was simply because he was so handsome. Yeah. They kept putting him in films. They were like, oh my god, that's the handsomest man. The Criterion Collection wrote, quote, David Huxley, the character that Cary Grant plays, was a radical shift for Grant. He had never before played a workaholic, sexless nerd. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and oh that made me laugh. <laughs> that is so sexless nerd. A sexless nerd. <laughs> the role was a real stretch for for Grant, who had to for the first time in his life appear sexless. <laughs> this famously unbelievably handsome and possibly bisexual man challenged <laughs> to seem not sexed at all. And finally, in the historical context for bringing up baby, I really hope this is true. And if not, oh, we'll have to cut it. But I read in Indie Wire that bringing up baby contains the first cinematic utterance of the word gay in reference to homosexuality.
3: It's true. Yes. That was a fun fact I was going to share. Yay! It's necessary. It is. It's necessary. That's like a the gay heard round the world. <laughs> 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 Which is, it's very, it's troublesome. (laughs) Yes, it's certainly nuanced. It's nuanced. It's
4: a nuanced gay. The gay heard round the world. And that is the end of the historical context for bringing up Baby. A leopard movie.
3: (laughs) If you'll excuse me, this sexless nerd needs to get to my wedding. I'll be right back.
0: This is Neil Strauss
1: Start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily.
0: To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zo, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Liana, thank you so much for that historical context. That actually is some very helpful context. Oh my God, thank Because, God. no, because uh, when you're just watching a few movies from each era, you can think, okay, maybe this is how all the movies were. <laughs> yes. It's very <laughs> easy then, to think, yeah. The fact that people were like, this is crazy, mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. it, it was cuckoo. We'll get into our phone notes next because yes. I have seen this before, but not like I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Sienna, what
4: have you written? Your first what? bolded note says, this fiancé is giving... Pussy? pussy. What is that?
3: Who is that? Remember her? From the Philadelphia story, which also had Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn, mm-hmm. the other woman in the Philadelphia story. Oh. She was dating um, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, oh, right. And the whole time we were like, are they dating? Because Jimmy Stewart is certainly dating Catherine Hepburn now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened in this one, too. It's like he's supposed to yeah. get married to this woman, this, his professional work wife supposed Mm -hmm. to marry her. Mm -hmm. Though this woman was much more stern.
4: Oh, yeah. Focused. She was, I mean, if if anybody in this movie was a sexless nerd, it was her. (laughs) She literally was like, like, we "We will never have sex. I am marrying you for your paleontology. (laughs) He's like,
3: oh, well, we're going to go on a honeymoon, right? She's like, why would you think that? We don't have time. (laughs) Don't you understand the kind of bones I like? (laughs) 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 Thank you. I don't want to get boned. I wanna get bones. Perfect.
4: <laughs> Bone joke number one, everybody.
3: I love Cary Grant so much.
4: I do, I really do. Although I'm starting to worry about my capacity for facial recognition. Because for a lot of the <laughs> beginning of the movie, I was like, where is Cary Grant?
3: <laughs> you
4: are so stupid. I know. I'm worried.
3: <laughs> he was in glasses, he wasn't disguised. <laughs> And he'd be very happy to hear this review because he'd be like, great, I achieved sexless nerd status. (laughs) I was unrecognizable.
4: I'm like a background character in a very early rendition of a Superman film where he, like, Clark Kent takes off his glasses and somebody in the background is, like, so flabbergasted that she, like, falls over into a garbage can or something, you know? That would be (laughs) me. Yeah. Liana, you said the biggest bone of all. (laughs) And I don't think I had anything specific in mind. Maybe I was thinking honeymoons. The honeymoon is the biggest it bone is, of all.
3: It sort of is the biggest bone. The Everybody sends
4: you off. Yeah, they're like, all right. That is kind of the point. Have a great bone. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: Enjoy your big bone. Oh my gosh. I would never leave for my honeymoon in front of all of my family and friends. That would be so inappropriate. It'd be so embarrassing for, to know that they all know that what we are off to do is yeah. bone.
3: A lot of people give you money to help fund your honeymoon. <laughs> They're all helping fund the big bone. Have... <laughs> <laughs> big we bone. Want to give you the biggest bone. We're all in the pocket the of best... big bone on our honeymoon.
4: <laughs> 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 the best <laughs> and biggest bone of your life.
3: <laughs> we want to do what we can to make that happen. God, you're right. We're family. Wow. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Liana, you said, OMG, her bloomers. At this restaurant, when she rips his tail oh, coattails, yeah.
4: and then her bloomers are exposed. I was I was surprised by the level of raunch, especially in that scene. They they were b- pre- pretty much
3: humping. We saw her butt. We saw and her then, butt. <laughs> and then they began <laughs> h- b- b- Humping. <laughs> Like like in in a, um, in
4: a fine dining establishment, <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay,
4: they did you, not begin humping. If you are a high society agent of chaos, wearing a ribbon as a veil and throwing olives across a restaurant, and then you rip a man's coattails and he rips off your back of your skirt, and then you begin humping? That is inappropriate.
3: Okay, to be clear, when she says begins humping, he had to cover the back of her dress, which had been torn. With he his covered it pelvis, with his body, and it with was his ween.
4: <laughs>
3: I feel I like couldn't I believe look. the
4: restaurant wasn't in uproar because there were people they like humped their way out of the restaurant. It was there was so no thrusting happening.
3: To make it clear, there was no gyrating. I don't know. I thought I saw. A, a <laughs> it was pump more or of a two. waddle. It was a close waddle. Uh, Maybe if you look closely, that's in the, um, what is it when there's like top 10 moments? Oh, Watch Mojo? Watch Mojo, yeah. That's in the Watch Mojo of this this movie. Oh my God. Top 10 things you didn't notice about the movie. If you look closely in this scene, you can see a couple humps. (laughs) (laughs) There's the first one.
4: And that's number two. Welcome to Watch Mojo. Sienna, you wrote, I mean, what even counts as a nervous breakdown these days?
3: I think it's funny that they keep saying like, oh, yeah, nobody trusted Cary Grant because they gave him, he had to pretend to be somebody else for a while. And the backstory Mm -hmm. they gave him was that he had a nervous breakdown. And everyone's like, oh, well, we can't trust him. He's had a nervous breakdown before. And I'm like, how much of what we experience in daily life now and that we discuss openly would they Mm. have qualified as a nervous breakdown at the time?
4: I have to imagine almost all of it.
3: (laughs) Almost all of it.
4: Basically, like, what I do from sunup to sundown, I think, would be classed <laughs> as a nervous breakdown in 1938. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's, it's
3: funny to think about.
4: I saw a corgi outside of a mall the other day, and I cried. <laughs> That's immediate qualification for the loony bin back then. All right, you're going in jail. Well, she's hysterical. She saw a, a weird, silly, silly dog, and she emoted so, so vastly. We have to arrest her.
3: (laughs) Liana, you've said one thing Catherine is going to do is run around a gorgeous backyard. And you said Catherine
4: Hepburn is always drying off in these movies.
3: Name one movie with Catherine Hepburn (laughs) where she doesn't dry herself off on screen. You can't do it. The movie boat, the the African Queen. The movie boat. (laughs) (laughs) The African Queen. There's a storm and it's surrounded by water. They yeah. have a drying off scene. Yeah. The um, Philadelphia story, she dives and has to dry. Absolutely. This, this one, one. she They fall into a <laughs> deep, deep, <laughs> oh my God, stream. Right.
4: That was another big laugh for me. That was so funny. She was like, oh, I'm sure we can just wade in it. And they step into an absolute abyss of a river. And she was like, the, the riverbed's I, changed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the things I loved, I really, really loved in this. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it looked very fun to be in. It really
3: did. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, we should probably talk about this. Liana, you said, OMG, the leopard is the titular baby?
4: Now, this took me by surprise.
3: What did you think of baby? how did you feel about this little tiger on? There? I thought she was. <gasps> what do you think about this little leopard on the screen?
4: That leopard was gorgeous. I was very so happy cute. for her. I think leopards are very beautiful creatures. I was getting existentially sad for sort of animal rights in cinema.
3: Yeah. I think that yeah, was a I know. little bit you hard know. to get past. Yeah. She had to be like, declawed um, and pro- de-toothed and de-whatever. Yeah, I don't right. know what they did. And it's like, just, you know, that. she was
4: a trained leopard, but like probably raised in captivity vibes. And it's it's one of those like, if they saved her from harm and this was the only way for her to have a great life, wonderful. I hope right. she had the best Hollywood she life. She has
3: to go into show business. This, this leopard is a
4: performer. She's a born performer. She, we got to yeah. get her out of the non-Brazilian wilderness that she is in. Right. Yeah. And put her on the silver screen. In which case, wonderful.
3: If it's anything
4: besides that, mm, yeah, it makes me sad.
3: Either if she was in danger or if she clearly had a star quality. Both yeah. of those are the reasons why you have to take a, yeah. a
4: leopard to Hollywood. If she won Leopard's Got Talent, I mean, absolutely. Put her if out she there. Has She's, she has it. She has it. Listen, execs. This leopard has it. Agents um. across L.A. were calling her up.
3: Liana, you said, Susan really just
4: does crimes. She is like Harpo in that she way.
3: She does. Yeah. At the end, you know, she's in jail, and they're like, she's in jail, and she shouldn't be. Let's mm. get her out of jail, because they did put her in jail for the wrong reasons at the end. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as she escapes, as when they let her out, you're kind of like, well...
4: She kind of should be a little bit...
3: She did Grand Theft Auto, like, <laughs> <Twice>. three times. <laughs>
4: yeah. At least. She stole an animal from the circus, and put everyone in danger. What else? What were what were Susan's other crimes? She breaks somebody's property. She absolutely dismantles a brontosaurus at the end of the yeah. movie. She causes she to personal injury. She parks injury. in
3: front of a fire hydrant. Yeah, illegally parked. a car in oh front my God, of him. That was crazy.
4: I think they stole like 30 pounds of meat from the butcher. I, I don't know how else yeah, they, they would have paid for that. Oh my God, also... Susan was responsible for the deaths of so many chickens.
3: Those poor ducks. That poultry. Th- that poultry. Sad. <laughs> that, poultry. It's all sad. that
4: truck of poultry. It was hilarious <laughs> the way that they shot it because she sort yeah. of crashes into a truck filled with chickens, which is a After, classic by the movie way, gag. He says, he says, duck. Oh, that's fun. I missed that. That's wonderful. Says, ducks. And the chickens all yeah. crash. And then the, it's implied that the leopard gets them because the leopard is looking chickenward and leaps out of the car. And then they cut to Cary Grant covered in feathers, just a deadness in his eyes. And I, I love, love that. I love
3: him so much.
4: I do love him. A delight. He was very funny in this movie. He really was. It's a funny man. Sienna, okay, yeah, I, even on my rewatch, I didn't understand this. You said, how does he know about the circuses in this area?
3: Yeah. There are some moments in movies where they give men information simply because they're men. Titanic did this so much. Yeah. And it makes no sense at all. The same way that Titanic gave this young artist boy so much (laughs) knowledge of suction in the ocean. (laughs) Things that he should never know. For some reason, Cary Grant, who is not the one who's from Connecticut, because they left New York to go here. And he's like, I don't even know where I am. Yeah. they bring him there, and he is like, "Oh yeah, there's a circus in the area." That because she she's like, "Oh my gosh, David, what what are those sounds?" And he's like, "Oh, obviously <laughs> it's the circus that is in this area that is in your aunt's neighborhood circus in the place is I, in I don't your live area." And you go, you think, "Why why would you know that?" Maybe
4: there was a deleted scene that's just like David getting entrapped at the circus. She's like, oh, we can't go home yet because I I have to take the leopard on a merry-go-round.
3: Yeah. And so we knew that the
4: circus was in town.
3: Maybe as a paleontologist, he knows Mm -hmm. about either all spectacles or Mm -hmm. everywhere that animals are going to be because they're (laughs) (laughs) pre-bones.
4: And this pre-bone specimen, also known as a horse, is going to be... (laughs) At 9 p.m. in Connecticut at the circus. And I know that because it is, again, my my duty <laughs> to know the whereabouts of all pre-bone creatures in the world. <laughs> he must be exhausted. Maybe he just he on like so the, uh, he is exhausted. The, the East Coast, the Northeast.
3: Liana, Indeed. you said something. Okay. That... Oh, We have to address, which is, mm. is this movie a prequel to Carrie shoving Catherine in the face in the Philadelphia story?
4: Because, honestly, that didn't feel earned in the Philadelphia story. But after watching this movie, if I were to see <laughs> that again, I'd be like, yeah.
3: <laughs> this would make sense as the prequel. They were, they were married, but they mm-hmm. were very annoying.
4: Yep, to each um, other. Maybe yep. he
3: got confidence and he went and met her brother in South America and became... Started working for Spy Magazine in South America, which is where oh he yeah, worked. wow. I oh remember my God. a lot about this movie, and wow. then she became very confident, and people started seeing her as a goddess. Yes, and then yeah. she started to look for someone else, and then they found out actually we're all meant for each other. Mm-hmm. Do we do are meant for each other.
4: I think if we watch these movies as a double feature, they make perfect
3: sense together. They make perfect sense. Yeah, because yeah. you you get why he'd want to shove this woman in the face. One
4: hundred percent. This movie was the absolute justification for that face shove. Because I remember I was like, whoa, hey, let's not shove a woman. But by the end of this, I was like, you should shove that woman. (laughs) (laughs) She
3: will not stop. That woman does not leave you alone. Liana, you said, "Babies on the roof? More like bringing down baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. How about when the guy... What's your best
4: leopard impression? Oh
3: my god! <laughs> I'm trying to do. Trying to I do actually I thought
4: guide. that you were about to do a really good job because you got your hands no. in the right position. You're pretty good at impressions.
3: Oh, animal impressions, though? I don't know what a leopard mm. really sounds like.
4: No, but I guess not animal impressions. You'll kind of just make a sound. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those were close. <laughs> Are you being a bit of an agent of chaos at somebody right now? Give their clothes back to them. We'll be right back.
0: This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip.
2: All right.
3: Liana, shall we move on to our next segment, which you may remember is badges and trages. This is, of course, course. when we give badges for baby and trages for trapping wildlife Mm -hmm. and Cary Grant. And trapping Cary Grant.
4: (laughs) I have a badge for Catherine straight up ramming his car. (laughs) It turned out she was in his car, ramming somebody
3: else's car, but I loved it. She needed to get out of that parking space. <laughs> I have a badge for her aim. She putts amazingly, and then <laughs> she tosses olives into these martini glasses amazingly. Mm. She is she's clearly skilled. That woman is accurate. Badge for this olive slip gag. Hilarious. Hilarious. Badge for Carrie's character in this, which we have now defined... Mm as a workaholic sexless nerd mm-hmm. of course <laughs> it was really fun trope. to have him in this role which was sort of like a kooky professor type
4: yeah yeah badge for the woman being the agent of chaos i think this yeah. is the first time that we've seen it be the woman's role and i did like mm-hmm.
3: that it's empowering Mm-hmm. it's very empowering Mm-hmm. you can fuck um, up anybody's day ladies that's why I think it was it was stressful, but I was like, yeah, I mean, it is her right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. Um, badge for the bloomer scene was funny. And that goes mm. back to the hat part and the flipping around. Great. Badge for them both trying to run with a corded phone and then falling down. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's great. That's Which just great. Badge for, I wrote, goodnight plus fall. Is that when, when he gets in the out car? Of the car? Yes. He goes, Good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: it's so funny. <laughs> Badge for the shoes that Catherine is wearing. Did you see these shoes? No. They were these little strappy black
3: heels. They were excellent. Badge for, He's so good at this falling. Mm. <laughs> yep. He really is. He did yep. it a bunch of times and he is excellent at that. You can mm-hmm. tell he trained as a Cockney acrobat. Oh, of course. <laughs>
4: He was raised a cockney acrobat. A badge for Carrie's reaction to the leopard when he opens the door and sees a leopard. <laughs> Wonderful. A badge for baby. Thank you, oh. baby. Thank you, baby. Badge for this fluffy cuffed robe that Carrie Grant puts on after yeah. his shower. He, he was A the... rocking
3: it, and B, that was a gorgeous robe. That is what he's wearing in the gay herd round the world. <laughs> <laughs> um badge for I'll badge for the scene when they're singing together. There's a song that they sing to baby to calm baby down. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, at one point, they get back and they're singing in the tune of that, but they're like talking to each other while doing it. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, I'm going to close the car door. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. And it's one of those instances where you can tell that they're doing improv in the olden days. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's very endearing. <laughs> badge for Catherine's dress with the black sort of bow necklace and belt. She's got a gorgeous, gorgeous wardrobe in this movie again. Yeah. Badge for the gags in this generally. There's many that Mm. I missed that I didn't even write down because at a certain point there were so many good ones. But one that I really liked was when she breaks the heel of her shoe or she loses Uh one shoe. Mm -hmm. She like is like, oh, look at me. Look at me. I have one shoe on. Oh, I was born on the side of a hill. I was born on the side of a hill. Oh, that makes sense. Because she's like. Uneven. Stepping on. Yeah. Uneven. It was such a weird little thing to say. Oh, I get that. Badge for George, the dog. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, badge for when Carrie is sitting in this net. She catches him in a net after they both fall, and he <laughs> is so funny sitting there, staring at her, sitting, sitting oh my so God. still. He's I love so him good. so much.
4: <laughs> <laughs> badge for the exchange. No, I won't leave you. I love you. What?
3: <laughs> Great. My final badge is Carrie 8. Carrie 8. He was eating. He was eating. He was living. He was slaying. He was sexless. He was was sexless. (laughs) He was so... I loved him in this movie.
4: My final badge is for... Susan, please! The Brontosaurus!
3: (laughs) That's a perfect line.
4: What an excellent line. No. Susan, please. My big
3: bones! (laughs) Trages? Trages. I have a trage for... The fact that she is such a terrible driver. It felt offensive. Yeah. It did. She's like, I don't know how to use a car. I don't even know which car is mine.
4: La,
1: la, la,
3: la,
4: la, All right. It was more of those Harpo unaffected vibes, too. Very spooky.
3: Yeah. There's something about a woman being frivolous Uh that, like, every now and then you're like, okay. Like, all right. She can be an agent of
4: chaos, but she's
3: not an idiot. Exactly. Mm -hmm. A trage
4: for, and I'm sorry if this is not the right word to use, but these cuck situations are (laughs) (laughs) always... I think that's perfect. He's a bit of a cuck at the beginning of the film, just the way that he can't get himself to explain himself that that's his yeah. ball, his car, etc. He ends up cucking her, so they cuck each other. They all oh. cuck. They cuck happily ever after. But a, a trage for this style of comedy always feels so unrealistic, of just not being able to explain the situation and the other person yeah. ever listening.
3: Totally, Trage. For unfortunately, I don't really like her. Mm. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. That was especially early on, before we knew yeah. her very well. I was like, "This character is not that much fun. She's mostly just too much." Yeah, and I don't like saying that.
4: Yeah, you can sort of see why how like a man who hates women in the 30s would perceive that as like oh this is box office poison
3: yeah i do find it's that like, extremely no, no. funny to, to blame it on her when it is mm-hmm. just a very strange character very strange character
4: a tragic question mark for it being a real leopard but i would mm. not enjoy this movie if they king konged it i wouldn't want <laughs>
3: that <laughs> that would have been really distracting <laughs> yeah Tragic for stressful generally it was really yes. stressful at the beginning yeah yeah a trage for
4: this is extremely cute, the leopard, but also a trage When it was like playing with his foot. Yeah, that leopard was cat, really cute. I was like, yeah, wow, that's adorable. And also,
3: uh. Traj for those poor ducks. Yep. <laughs> I really thought they were chickens. Wow, They met their demise. I think they were chickens. I think you're right. Oh, okay. It's just because he, he said yes. ducks.
4: Yeah, sure. My next trage is a trage for animal rights overall.
3: Tradge for uh, the gender... I wrote masculinity slash gender BS around this robe mm. and stuff. So like the whole kind of joke around his robe was they're like, oh, he must be crazy because why is he wearing a-, a women's robe? And they just, yeah. it was one of those things where the fact that he was wearing clothing that in any way presented as feminine was like so distressing that they had to explain it. And mm-hmm. it's just a reminder that the sick gender dynamics and the toxic masculinity of it all was just so implied and built in. It's fun that this is the first time they say gay in a movie, but mm-hmm. you can just feel that there there was some some tragic dynamics around yeah. that, yeah. around gender. It's not 100% for the right reasons. A tragic for the
4: dragging the leopard scene. Oh my gosh, by his poor little neck. Yeah, that was hard to watch. And it's like, hopefully, this very strong cat. And yeah. it was fine.
3: But just not enjoyable. Traj for all these hurting her jokes. Like mm-hmm. you said, we see why at some point right. it's like, eh, this person could use a shove. But there are a f- number of jokes, you know, because yeah. it's still, again, it's it's from the 30s. It's still of a time where they're like, oh, to the moon, to the moon. Yeah, to the moon. why I oughta.
4: Yeah, yeah. My final traj is a trage for the final gag of the dinosaur falling apart the the brontosaurus bone structure oh my gosh i was like well obviously she's gonna like climb on top of it and it's gonna fall apart and so my tragedy was for some of it felt predictable and also not rooted in reality like that one is like come on like that's his whole job and his life's work and he's just gonna be like oh i well i love you
3: listen if you have an almost perfectly assembled dinosaur in scene one that that dinosaur is going to have to topple to the ground by scene 3. I
4: know. Or and it is again like if you're in the right headspace for it, it is
3: just like, "Oh haha." Yeah. Like of course. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree though. I'm always like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whenever stuff like that happens. My next tragedy is for too much noise. When they were doing the scene when they oh were calling God. to Thank you. They were calling to baby and the dog was barking and they were all making they were singing and yep. and the two leopards were roaring and I was just like <laughs> Stop! It was yes. so overstimulating. I hated yes. that scene. Yay! I felt the same. Way. <laughs> and then my final tragedy isn't really a tragedy as much as I needed to address this. That man, the constable, kept saying cigarette. Oh, instead of cigarette. Wow. And I can't just let that slide by. Yeah. So the world has to know.
4: Yes. Yes. Well, Sienna, shall we yes. escape from one cage into? A different cage, <laughs> which is our segment. How to pretend you've seen this film? This is for you are at the on the golf course. You are on the golf course, and David is about to putt your ball.
3: Yeah, David's coming up to you and is getting getting into position to just He's putt your ball, up. which is right in front of you. And you say, doing "Whoa, hold swing. on, hey, please, I am actually playing this. Why would you be doing that?" Yeah. And he goes, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs>
4: what a hilarious misunderstanding! This reminds me, and I was not at all staging this so that I could bring this up. You were obviously of staging bringing this, things. You up, obviously
3: wanted to talk. To I the only did not skull, plan that
4: line to bring up the film. Bringing up baby. Yeah.
3: No. Yeah, okay. I love
4: that movie so much. There are so many leopards in it. And I have to tell you about it. I simply must. And I'm going to fully regale you with the entirety of bringing up baby. While also putting your own golf ball.
3: And in order to stop David from swinging facts at you, here are a few things that you can say to pretend you've seen the film Bringing Up Baby.
4: Yes, David, I've seen Bringing Up Baby. It's exactly as Cary Grant says in the film. Hey, that's my ball.
3: <laughs> yes, David, I have seen the movie Bringing Up Baby. That is a classic screwball comedy, which some have described the genre as being a sex comedy without the sex. Mm. <laughs> which is, which can be exemplified in Cary Grant's character, The Sexless Nerd. <laughs> uh, yes, David...
4: Bringing up baby is a screwball comedy, but would you please stop screwing my golf ball?
3: <laughs> it's my turn to putt. <sighs> yes, David, I have seen Bringing Up Baby and I know all about it. Catherine Hepburn was seen as, quote, box office poison after this movie. I find that sexist and wrong because <laughs> if you watch the film, her character and the way it was written was really not <laughs> doing her any favors in terms of being a likable a likable person. Yes. However, she still did a great and fun job with the material she was given. Oh,
4: mm. David, I've seen bringing up baby, but I don't want to talk to you. Oh, why? Because I just went gay all of a sudden. <laughs> That's funny.
3: <laughs> That's quite funny. <laughs> yes. David, I have seen the film Bringing Up Baby. It's a classic movie, but you may forget that almost every character in that movie is absurd and ridiculous. Kind of like how you're being right now. Four! Four! and (laughs) And now that you have clocked David in the head with your golf ball and gotten a hole in one because he swallowed it. One in whole. Now we can move on to our next segment, which is designed to save you precious time, which you might need if you're trying to get to your wedding this afternoon. Oh my gosh, at 3 p.m. This is Should You Watch a Soar, when -hmm. we tell you if you should watch this film or if you should do anything else with that sweet, sweet time. Yes. Do you have, Liana? Yeah, I think you
4: honestly could watch Bringing Up Baby. It is still a little bit hard to watch just in terms of, like, the animal stuff. Ugh, I just don't know that that leopard was, like, perfectly looked after. If it was, that's the best news I've heard all year. And you also have to be in the right headspace to just watch a silly and a little bit cuckoo crazy movie. Yeah. If you're not interested in that, what you could do is you could watch the SNL sketch, Teacher Fell Down, which is... Have you seen this? No. Oh, my God. It makes me laugh so much. And I never know how niche it is, but it's Kate McKinnon playing a teacher and the premise is that she just fell down. And the whole class is kind of like, oh, my gosh, the whole dynamic has changed. And she's on the floor the whole sketch and she's going, oh, no, teacher fell down. And when Carrie Grant slipped on the olive, the first thing that I thought was teacher fell down. <laughs> That's so funny.
3: And that's such a good recommendation. Thank you. (laughs) Sienna, what would you say? I could not stop thinking about one of my favorite pieces of media the entire time I was watching this movie. (laughs) Ooh! so I'm going to say you'll hear it'll be reflected in my rating um, about, you know, how worth this movie is watching. Yeah, it was it was fun. They're always fun. Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, always fun. However, if you would like to watch something else, check out Schitt's Creek. Which oh. is another another piece of content where you're constantly hearing, David, 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 yes. David. Oh, she no, says, David. She calls to David so many times in this movie, and it was yeah. so funny. Bringing a baby walked in terms yeah. of saying David so that yeah. Shits
4: Creek could run. Mm-hmm.
3: Liana, how would you rate the film?
4: <sighs> I've been wavering a lot about this, but I think I have to simply be brave and do it which is dip into a decimal. Well, I'm kind of scared because okay. it opens up a whole realm of possibilities that I don't know if I'm ready for, but it, it could just I be a do case. feel that for me, this movie was a 3.5 flouncy robes out of five. It was really fun, but it also was a little extremely confusing to the point that I had yeah. to really speed watch it again. I loved the actors in it. I thought a lot of the gags were so great, and it was mostly a genuinely enjoyable watch. But there were certain elements of it that felt very like, ah, mainly, yeah. the, mainly the animal rights of it all. Yeah. Mm.
3: Yes. Sienna, what would you That's rate great. the
4: movie Bringing Up Baby?
3: My instinct is to give this film a 3.1 Ooh. out of 5. Oh my gosh, less. Poor paltries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 3.1, poor paltries out of five. Um, but I'm going to give it a 3.2. Oh. Because. <laughs> a twist. Because here are my feelings on this movie. Yeah. This was not my favorite of a Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant movie. Mm. It was kind of, it was confusing at times. There were times where I was just like, let's move it along. It wasn't perfect. And I've seen a lot that felt perfect mm-hmm. with some of their other movies. But I'm giving it a little bit higher because I just want everybody to know I always recommend... A Cary Grant and or Catherine Hepburn movie. I love them both yeah. so much. Um, Catherine Hepburn is so funny. She was so funny in this. Um, I really love this movie. One of the reasons that I most will remember this movie is it was one of my favorite Cary Grant performances. Mm. Like he got to do so much fun stuff and play such a fun yeah. character in this one. Yeah, the rest of it. I was surprised at how much it wasn't like just absolutely hitting like I thought that it would be. But again, this is, I'm being critical because I just love these movies so much. Mm, you're holding them to a high a high standard. I yeah. hold them to a high standard. But mm. that's how I feel about this one. I'm like, yeah, it was all right, but I will always be happy to watch them.
4: Yeah. Because they're both
3: super duper fun. Great. So 3.2 poor paltries out of five. Woohoo. <laughs> Woohoo. Well. Well, geez. Jeepers. That has been our review of bringing up Bebe. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening.
4: We are Tossed Popcorn. We are on social media, bitch, at Tossed Popcorn <laughs> on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We are on Patreon. We post deleted scenes from our episodes, bonus memes that we don't post on our Instagram, and more delightful content every single week, multiple times per week. That's patreon.com yeah. slash Tossed
3: Popcorn. And join us next week when we will be watching... Oh, my gosh. Wait, I just pulled it up. (laughs) (laughs) The Sixth Sense. Ooh!
4: Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye!
3: You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app.
1: Uh,
3: Okay, a meow meow would be like, so it'd be like,
4: yes, good. That's very saber-toothed tiger at the Denver Museum wow, of Natural Science. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's hard. It's hard. Imagine you're a fly on the wall
0: at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke.